Wow. Good morning, Woodville. I am so thrilled and excited to be here. I'm privileged to be here. You know, I've been a fan of Woodville for a number of years, and it's, it's community-minded spirit. A number of years ago, when I was a baby Christian, and to me, when I first heard that, that was such a strange ter term, because I was in my 40s, and I thought, somebody's calling me a baby. It was an interesting thing. But I met a member of this community, and I told her that I felt that God was calling me to use my skills and my experience in the financial world to advance the kingdom of God by now using what I knew to help people get out of debt instead of in so that they could then be free to step into the call in their life. And she said, wow, just yesterday I was talking to Pastor Zia, who was a pastor in this house at that time, and he was saying that he was challenged in figuring out how to help new Canadians navigate Canadian, the debt and the credit in Canada. And so I contacted Pastor Zia, and the rest is history. Over the next number of years, I met with a number of people from this house and provided some guidance and did financial fitness seminars with Pastor Dorothy. And so when God was calling me out, it seemed natural to me to connect with this house because we were already family to some degree. And so I connected with the leadership of, of uh, Woodvale, and um, shared the vision that God had put on my heart for these people in Southeast Asia. And you've been partners right from the beginning. I'm so excited to see what he's going to do through us in the coming years. The journey has already begun. So today I have two purposes. One is to introduce you a, a little deep, more deeply to this journey so that you get to know about the journey that we're on, but also so you know who you're on journey with. That would be me. And secondly, my hope is that at the end of our conversation today, that you leave here with a more clear sense of your own calling. We're all called. And so that, that's my two purposes today. So to begin with, I'd like you to open your Bibles to Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. That will be the foundation of our conversation today. Now I want to open in prayer. Father, I know that there's nothing that I can say of any value without you. In fact, I don't want to speak a word that's not from you. So Lord, I'm asking that you put the words in my mouth and that you open the ears of those that are listening to only hear your words, that you would block anything that's not from you. And you would open the hearts of those that are here and those that are listening online both today and in the future so that they hear directly from you, Holy Spirit, the message that you want to bring. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. You know, over the last while, I've heard some people say things about me that have made me uncomfortable. One of the things that I hear is they'll call me brave. They'll say, well, Lynn is very brave, or Lynn, you're very brave to do what you do. I don't think I'm brave at all. In fact, I'm not, you only have to be brave if you are afraid. And I'm not afraid. I'm not naive. I'm not stupid. 
I know there are risks, but I am not afraid. The safest place to be, in fact, I would say the only safe place to be in this world is in the will of God. In fact, when I was encouraged by some people to return to Canada after COVID hit, I didn't want to do that immediately. In fact, I refused. And there were a number of friends and family and people that cared about me and said, you need to go back to Canada. You're not safe there. And in fact, the Canadian embassy was very emphatic about me getting back to Canada. And I said, no, not necessarily. I'm not saying no, and I'm not saying yes, but I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to God. I refuse to act in fear. I am going to do exactly what he calls me to do. So I waited and I prayed and I prayed and I listened and I wasn't hearing. And then finally I said, I need to fast. Okay, well, I'm not getting an answer from God as to what I'm going to do, what I should do. So I'm going to fast. And I fasted for a time. And then I heard, I said, Lord, if I don't go home and something were to happen to me, my family would blame you. Because they don't, they're not, they don't believe like I do. And so they don't necessarily understand as I do about why I'm there. And I said, Lord, I don't want them to blame you if something were to happen to me. Can I go home? He said, I've just been waiting for you to ask. Yes, of course you can go. But only, only, I am safe in his will and not outside. And so are you. Like, really? There is no difference between you and I. We're very much the same. I am not a pastor. I didn't go to Bible college. I don't come from generations of people that have led the way and that I can follow in knowing Jesus. I'm very much like you. I lived and worked in Ottawa. I'm a mother, a sister, a grandmother. I'm really just like you. I'm not any different. I, one of the things that concerns me when I hear people say how different or brave or sacrificial I am, I think if they think I'm different, it means that maybe they're off the hook. That somewhere, if I'm, if I'm put out as this person that is different than you are, you would think that maybe I'm doing something that you cannot. But I'm really no different than you. When I hear about the sacrifice I make, I don't think I've made a sacrifice. I haven't made a sacrifice. In fact, there is nothing that I have, I've traded in, I've traded up. I've taken what was here and invested it in the kingdom for rewards that I could never buy. There is no greater joy than serving the Lord where he's called you to be. It's a privilege to do what he's asked us to do. It is not hard work and it is not difficult. There's joy and privilege that comes at the center of his will. I, um, for the first third of my life, I was not a Psalm 31 woman. Although someone told me yesterday they thought it might be that. But I certainly wasn't that the first third of my life. In fact, if, I, if anything, I was probably an Ephesians 2, 1 to 5 woman. 
I was dead in my transgressions and sins, following the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. I was led by the spirit who is at work in those that are disobedient. I lived what most would say was an average or normal life, gratifying the cravings of the flesh, living for recreation, ambition, having stuff. By worldly standards, I was probably a pretty good person. I was relatively kind, honest, but following the desires and thoughts of this world and not leading a godly life, certainly unconcerned about pleasing God. So prior to receiving my identity in Christ, I was limited by my personality. We all have one, both positive and negative. Our personality is a product of our environment, our DNA, the family we grew up with, our education, the influences, our hurts, our wounds, our difficulties. And until I met Christ, I was limited in my personality as all that I knew. The world would tell us, the self-help world would tell us, that all you have to do to overcome the negative is be more positive. That if you could... You're, if, you're, if you use your mantras, listen to Oprah, she'll tell you just create your mantra and say it again and again and more strongly and your positive will overcome your negative. But it's not enough. I tried to overcome the negative in my life with being more positive. And it didn't work. I was anxious. I was fearful. I was afraid of looking foolish, afraid of making a mistake. Perhaps addictive to some things, maybe Netflix binging or online shopping. Those are all parts of our personality. <laughs> hmm. The world of self-help tells us we can overcome, but it just doesn't work. Um, in the first part of my life, I didn't have a good start. I was abused as a young child, and I used drugs and alcohol to try and fix it in my teens. That didn't do it. In my early 20s, I joined the military and I learned how to fight. I was not going to be a victim anymore. And I, that didn't fix it. And so after the military, I went back to school and I was going to have a six, I was going to be a success. And no matter what, I was going to be good enough. I worked hard and I did my best to pull myself up by the bootstraps, and I was relatively successful in my world. I was a successful survivor, but that didn't fix it. No matter what I did, that there was a deep sadness in my heart that I couldn't get rid of, no matter what I did. And when I came to a place in my life when I couldn't pull myself up by the bootstraps anymore, when I saw my teenage daughter exhibiting the same behaviors that I had as a teenager, I was terrified. I knew where she was headed, and I had no tools to help her. I had no way of fixing it for her. And it was at that point in my life when I was at my lowest and my world was falling apart that I was finally able to listen. And God sent a messenger to tell me of how much he loved me. 
I met Jesus, and when I met him for the first time in my life, the, the sadness left. In an instant, the sadness was gone. In an instant, that deep hurt, that deep wound was removed. I had a new identity. I instantly became that person that God created me to be. The person that I'm already known as in heaven. Ephesians 2.6 says, And God raised us up with Christ. And that happens in the, in the instant we say yes. And seated us in, with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We don't have to wait till we're dead. We're seated with him. Those that have said yes to him are seated with him in heavenly places right now. There was a great exchange, and I became that new person, my new identity, who I was created to be. See, God is very intentional. He doesn't make any mistakes. He's very smart. He created a plan to defeat the enemy before he even created the heaven and earth. He created the plan first with this amazing tapestry, and so... He knew exactly who he needed, when they needed to be born, and how they would behave, and what needed to be done before he finished the plan. So he chose each and every one of us, crafted our DNA intentionally, specifically. He gave us the color of our eyes and our skin, the location we'd be born, to whom we'd be born, our crazy personalities and sense of humor, and he put it all together intentionally to fulfill the plans and purposes that he had for us. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God had prepared for us to do. The works are already prepared for us before we're even born. Now, I didn't change immediately. I had 42 years of living in the world, so there was a lot of work to be done. It took some time and help to get from where I was and who I believed I was to be free of my past and to step into who I was created to be. It took a lot of work. I was, so the second third of my life, I received. I was mentored and encouraged and coached and pastored. At one point, I found myself standing in front of a door. I was all alone. And I knew that I was unsafe. It reminded me of an alleyway that I had seen in Asia. I knew I was unsafe, but it didn't matter. I knew that behind that locked door, there were women in cages. And I was there to get them out. And so I started to pray. And I said, Lord, I don't know what this means. Or what you're asking of me. But I belong to you. And so when I woke up, I continued to pray. Said, you... I owe you my life. I will go. I will do anything you ask me to do. 
So I did some research shortly after that, looked into organizations that were working in the field of human trafficking, but they didn't want me. I didn't have the skills and the knowledge and the ability and the experience that they were looking for. I'm not a police officer. I don't have any training in justice and I'm not particularly fierce and strong. So I just went, carried on with my life. I figured, I guess I figured I was off the hook. <laughs> um, God hadn't, God wasn't ready. I wasn't ready yet for what he had in store for me. He had given me a glimpse of my purpose and my calling, but I wasn't ready yet. There was still more work to do. When I met my first granddaughter, I thought, oh, maybe this is my calling. I think I can be the grandma that makes cookies and greets my grandchildren at the end of the day, that I can be there for them. And that would be a wonderful calling. You know, the enemy doesn't use horrific things generally to take us off track. He uses good things. It's why they call him the deceiver. He's really smart. There would be absolutely wrong, nothing wrong for most of us to think about being home and baking cookies with our kids, our grandkids. That sounds like a wonderful, noble thing to do. But that wasn't God's plan. That was my plan. That's what I wanted. But God had a different plan, and I had already said yes to him. So over the next little while, I carried on with my life until one morning I heard yet again. I, said, I asked him, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Am I still doing what you want me to do? And he said, did you really mean it? Yes, I will go anywhere, anytime. And I said, yes, Lord. So then I started to put things in motion to prove that I meant it. I found someone to take over my business and mentored them. I got rid of my stuff, moved out of my house, rented out my house, moved in with a friend, all the while praying and asking him, Lord, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? The country that he had in mind was not the first one that comes to mind for human trafficking, and it certainly wasn't the country of my choice. I had been there once before, and it was only the only short-term trip I'd have been on that I couldn't wait to get home from. So <laughs> I thought, wow, Lord, really? There? But that's, what he, that's where he called me, and I said, okay. He showed me through a number of events that could not possibly be orchestrated by myself or by my own idea to show me where I was to go. It's a small island about the size of PEI that is about to explode with tourism. At least it was pre-COVID. I expect it'll come back at some point. Over the past four years, there's been four large resorts built there. And the people there are totally unprepared. They're unsophisticated, uneducated, do not speak English, have no idea how to participate in the tourism trade. They will be exploited, and they will be trafficked. So my plan is to go and to open a cafe that will be used as a hospitality training center to train the locals in giving them, give them vocational skills so they can be employed in things that will provide for their families and not be exploited. You know, God didn't give me 
this vision or ask me to go because I'm smart or because I'm skilled or I'm experienced. He called me to go because he trusts me. He trusts me to know that if there's a decision that needs to be made, I think, I pray, and I wait. And then I go. So this hospitality training center will be used for the prevention of human trafficking for the people of the island that I'm living in and will be an opportunity for restoration for those that have already been victimized. Last week, I got notice that my visa is in. So that means as of the first week in November, I'll be on a plane heading back. The plan is by June of next year, this hospitality training center is open. So the first third, I wasted. The second third of my life, I received. This final third, I will give. You know, I'm really no different than you are. I'm a mother, a sister, a granddaughter, and a grandmother. There's absolutely nothing that we have in this world that has any, that compares to the joy we have, the privilege we have of joining the Father where he's already at work. And I know that he has made each and every one that's listening with a purpose. There is a call on your life. It may not be the same as mine. You may not be called overseas. But there is something that you're created for that he's just waiting for you to say yes to. And the minute you do, you get, step into the greatest adventure in your life. There is no sacrifice that's too great. It is not a sacrifice. It's a privilege. I'd like to take a moment and pray for you. So if you'd bow your heads... Yeah, thank you. Father, I thank you for this amazing group of men and women. You have called in each and, each and every one. You've handcrafted them. You've designed them. You created their DNA. You chose when they'd be born, to whom they'd be born. You've watched and waited, and you've called them to you. I know, Lord, that you have a purpose for each and every one. So I'm asking, Lord, today tomorrow in their dreams that you will give them assurance that you're calling them that you will tear down any walls or barriers that have been erected by either them or the enemy or both that causes them to have fear step away from what you've called them to that you will remove those barriers and they will walk fully into what you've called them to do or be lord i know that your plans are good and the world needs us more than they ever have. This is a time not to be afraid. This is a time to step forward boldly and be who you have created us to be, to be those that you already see us as in our new identity in Christ, as we are known in heaven. And I ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you.
So when you leave here today, I ask you to spend some time on that message. I ask you to spend some time asking him, Lord, is there something that's standing in the way? Is there something I've been holding on to that I need to let go of? And if so, give it to him. Is there something that's holding you back, something you've been afraid of? I ask that you just take the first step and say, Lord, I trust you. I belong to you. I will go anywhere, anytime, and do anything. You'll never regret it. It's the greatest adventure of your life. It's what you're made for. You'll never be satisfied until you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I invite you to stand with me this morning? Would we stand together? Thank you, Lynn, for being here today to share, to share her journey. It's amazing how God has prepared for her from all eternity to step out and go to, the, to another part of the world and to be used for the kingdom of God. We are honored to partner with you as one of our global partners. And we are grateful for your obedience. We are grateful that you are stepping out in what God has called you and shaped you and made you and prepared you to do. And so, friends, she's boldly going, amen. And I'm excited to think in a few weeks she'll be on that plane heading to this country and being used to see the God dream being fulfilled. So there's several things we want to do today. First of all, Lynn, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. So I want to invite you to extend your hands towards Lynn. Would you do that? And if you're at home today, extend your hands toward the screen. We're going to pray. Father God, thank you for Lynn. Thank you, God, for bringing her to this church today. Thank you, Lord, for the call that you placed on her life. Thank you, Lord, that you've taken her from a life of, of sin and you've made her alive in Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, that you have seated her in the heavenly realms. We thank you, Lord, that you have prepared a work for her. And we thank you, Lord God, that she had said yes to the call of you on her life. And today, Lord, we pray that you would take care of her. You would protect her. You would use her. We pray that she would make a difference for the kingdom of God to see human trafficking going down in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, the dream that you placed in her heart would be used to advance your kingdom. We pray that you'd strengthen her arms. We pray every need that she has would be met in you. And we pray, God, that you would use her greatly for your glory and your honor. And we commit this to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Could you put your hands together and honor this global partner? Well, I want you to take a seat and I want to challenge you as your pastor to consider sacrificially giving above and beyond your regular tithes, your regular uh, global partnering giving. And we want to we want to be a blessing to to see God's dream being lived out in Lynn's life. And so maybe you've come today prepared to give. You can do so by going on our church website or going to a debit machine in the lobby or seeing one of the ushers at the back. We're simply asking that you make your designation, whether it's today or the next number of days, to Project 
2020. Just remember, Project 2020. And uh, don't put the word, uh, just put Project 2020 on there. We'll make sure that it gets towards this 100% of what you give towards Project 2020 is going to be used to be a blessing and a help to see God's dream lived out. Some of you are thinking, wow, I'd really love to have a little conversation with Lynn today. How do we do that when we're in this COVID thing? Well, she will be outside uh, off the north entrance, outdoors, behind the table. You can drop by the table there and she'd be honored to dialogue with you and share more with you. You can well understand that she chose not to share everything today publicly. We're in a family friendly service and we are online. And, uh, but she'll be glad to just respond to you accordingly outdoors. You can do that. In a couple of moments, we're going to close the service, but there's several things I want to share. First of all, if you would like prayer, we have a team of pastors and altar workers that will be standing up front and they'd be glad to pray for you at the end of the service. Just wait till the auditorium is emptied, come to the front and they'd be glad to pray for you. Secondly, how many people are glad that you came today? Anybody glad you came today? We are honestly so glad that you came today. And can we give just another shout out welcome to all of our first time guests? Come on, let's let our first time guests know that we're glad that they joined today. And if you join us on site as a guest, we encourage you to drop by a table outside. We have a coffee cart for you. It's our way of saying thank you for coming. And uh, if you're not in a connect group, friends, and you'd like to be, we have over 60 connect groups across the city. And drop by a table outside. We'll help you get into a connect group, attend, lead, or host one. We're, we're in need of more volunteers. And if you'd like to serve, drop by a table outside, and we'll help you find a place of serving. Tonight, everybody say tonight. Tonight, six o'clock is our monthly all-church prayer gathering. And we are so excited. It's been a long time. We're going to be gathering on site for prayer. And from six to seven, it's family-friendly. Come as a family. You need to register online. And if you cannot be here on site, it will be on our church website, on uh, Facebook, YouTube. You can join us as such. And we'd be honored if you joined us for that time of prayer. And so I just want to close us in a word of prayer. Then we're going to turn our attention to the screen. Father God, thank you for everyone that has joined on site. And thank you, God, for everyone that has joined online. And I pray your blessing on each one. Thank you, God, for just an incredible morning. We've been honored to have Lynn with us today. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.